the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This hour of Always Right Radio is brought to you by The Floor King and KeepingMedicareSimple.com. You and I know and do not believe that life is so dear and peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery. If nothing in life is worth dying for, when did this begin? Just in the face of this enemy? Or should Moses have told the children of Israel to live in slavery under the pharaohs? Should Christ have refused the cross? Should the patriots at Concord Bridge have thrown down their guns and refused to fire the shot heard round the world? The martyrs of history were not fools. And our honored dead, who gave their lives to stop the advance of the Nazis, didn't die in vain. Where then is the road to peace? Well, it's a simple answer after all. You and I have the courage to say to our enemies, there is a price we will not pay. There is a point beyond which they must not advance. This is Always Right Radio with Bob Franz on AM 1420, The Answer. Okay, our number three is underway. Thank you so very much for being with us. I want to talk about guns for a few minutes here to start the hour on this. uh, And by the way, it is Monday, and I came in kind of blazing because we had four days off and the battery was recharged, and I did not do our pledge. So let me do that now so I don't anger the regulars. If you're a regular loyal listener, and I know how much the pledge means to you, I certainly don't mean to uh, um, neglect that. So let's do that now. Patriots, it's better late than never. We didn't do it at the start of the show, but we can do it now at the start of the hour. Face your flag. Put your hand on your heart. If you are a believer in leftism, if you are a believer in socialism, if you're a believer in Marxism, if you're a believer in communism. In other words, if you're an American Democrat, then this flag might not be the one for you. Don't fake it if you don't believe in it. Just go ahead and instead of standing proudly, take a knee over there next to the rest of you. Uh, For the rest of us, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands one nation under god indivisible with liberty and justice for all okay so i want to pivot a little bit to talking about guns because ohio is pivoting to talking about guns i'll tell you what i mean by that in just a moment there's some business uh, taking place at the ohio state house that we should talk about but before i get there um I want to use this as an opportunity to remind you of my show, Strictly Speaking. Today's new episode of Strictly Speaking on the Roku channel, which is channel 529, also on the free Roku app and also on the True Blue streaming network. Um, Today's guest is an expert on mass shootings. Her name is Jacqueline, Dr. Jacqueline Shilkraut, and she is, um, as I said, she has been studying and researching mass shootings uh, through the decades in the United States of America. And we talk in some depth about the causes, particularly of the increased number of mass shootings we are seeing in recent years, the damage done and the possible solutions to curb this terrible epidemic of mass shootings hopefully without infringing upon the rights of American citizens. Here's just a 
a little short teaser, a little clip from uh, from today's show, which airs at four o'clock on the Roku and channel. The, the reasons I think that, and that's not going to work unless we have this button pushed here. So excuse me for one second while I situations push. before we ever got to Maine. Let's take let's take it from the top, please. One of the the reasons I think that it becomes very contentious when we think about mass shooters is that we've seen multiple situations before we ever got to Maine where we knew individuals should have been prohibited under the law and they weren't because the system failed. So if you look back at Virginia Tech, this is an individual demonstrating, you know, warning signs of this type of behavior. He went before a judge and was declared an imminent danger to himself. But that entire exchange never got reported to the background check system. So when he went to go purchase a firearm, because that was not reported, he literally walked into a federally licensed firearm dealer, purchased a gun, waited the 30-day mandated waiting period that was um, implemented by the state, and bought the second gun that was used in the shooting. That's a failure of the system. He technically should have been disqualified, but the record wasn't there. So that is just a short little teaser. It's a full hour conversation on the, what's good, what's bad, what still has yet to be figured out with respect to gun control slash gun rights in the United States. And I'm happy to have that conversation with anybody. But that conversation will be on TV, again, on the Roku channel, Channel 529. Now, what's going on in the state of Ohio with reference to this? Uh, the Ohio House of Representatives, according to new reporting from uh, Columbus yesterday, <clears throat> literally on Sunday, is moving closer to pushing aside federal gun laws. Ohio gun owners um, are getting closer to guarantees that any federal law that Biden might propose and push through and ram through, either by executive order or through the uh, actual Congress, would not be used to take away your guns in our state. The Ohio House Government Oversight Committee recently advanced the Second Amendment Preservation Act, which would stop Ohio law enforcement agencies from enforcing what the act calls unconstitutional federal gun control laws, or executive orders, or as I say, agency rule interpretations. House Bill 51 is not yet scheduled for a full House vote. If it passes, of course, it would move to the Senate. Conservative Republic, no, let me redo that. Republicans have supermajorities in both the Ohio House and in the Ohio Senate, but they are not conservative Republicans all. So I would like to say that if it gets through one, it's going to go through both, but who knows what kinds of uh, curveballs would be waiting on the other side. Mike Loichek from uh, Bezetta, state representative, said the Second Amendment Preservation Act protects one of our most fundamental rights as citizens. This bill allows Ohio's law enforcement to carry out Ohio's laws when it comes to owning guns, ammunition, and accessories. I'll pause there to underscore that. Ohio's laws. In other words, our state laws will supersede, if we pass this legislation, any federal restrictions that might be passed by the big brother government. Uh, Quote, if any of these protections are violated, the bill permits an Ohioan to sue agencies whose employees have violated the act, end quote. So that's a strong statement from Mike Loichek, and I like to hear that. And if you're a gun owner, I'm sure you like to hear that. And again, your thoughts are welcome at 216-901-0945 and 888-281-1110. Do you think the feds should be able to tell us what to do in the state of Ohio if we have Ohio law that protects our Second Amendment rights? It shouldn't be. It shouldn't have to be, rather. 
because the Constitution affects, you know, federal law. The Constitution literally is what tells us we have these rights. So for, the, for a state to support and uphold our constitutional rights over the federal government should be something that's completely unnecessary. But this is the way it is when you have a left-wing government that is always looking to infringe upon the rights of the people to keep them under the boot heel of big government. Um, The bill would also eliminate references to the United States Code as they relate to gun laws in Ohio, making Ohio law the standard. This important legislation, said Representative Gene Schmidt, a uh, Republican from Loveland, this important legislation protects the rights of all Ohioans. This is a straightforward bill that will ensure Ohioans' Second Amendment rights are not infringed upon, end quote. Again, I can dig that. State prosecuting attorneys opposed the bill in committee, however, along with the Brady United Against Gun Violence organization, the Ohio Association of Police Chiefs, the Ohio Mayor's Alliance, and Ohio Domestic Violence Network. Now, pause there to say, disappointed a little bit by one of those groups, and that is the police chiefs. Why would the police not want Ohioans to be able to protect themselves when the reality is that police officers cannot be everywhere. One of my favorite memes, I've talked about this on the program before, one of my very favorite memes shows um, a, a person with a police officer uh, piggyback, not piggyback style, like on, on the shoulders, like uh, like doing a, um, uh, what do you call it, when you, um, chicken fight, like a chicken fight. So so it, it showed a, a, a civilian carrying a police officer up on his shoulders. And the, and the, the meme language said, um, Guns, colon, I think I'm remembering, if I'm remembering this right, guns, because police officers are too too heavy. If we could all carry our own police officer to fight for us, then we wouldn't need guns. But since we can't, guns are our self-defense. Columbus City Attorney Zach Klein called the bill unconstitutional and said it would lead to endless litigation. That last part is probably true. It would lead to a lot of litigation. But to me, it's also sensible for our state to recognize the rights inherent of citizens of the United States and citizens of the state of Ohio to avail themselves of their Second Amendment uh, uh, rights. Klein said HB 51 is an unconstitutional statute that will allow individuals who have been convicted of domestic violence to take advantage of the state's permitless concealed carry law. It will destroy the ability of law enforcement agencies to work with their federal counterparts. It will open the state, its municipalities, and all of their employees up to endless litigation with the real threat of damages and attorney's fees. Finally, HB 51 embraces the discredited nullification language used by South Carolina and other states during the antebellum era. This terrible bill should be rejected. Well, it's not going to be rejected. And I reject virtually almost every line that you hear from the opposition there. Almost all of it. It's not going to destroy the ability of law enforcement agencies to work with their federal counterparts. If a federal official is making an arrest on, a, on, on an Ohio resident for owning a firearm, again, that can be hashed out in a court of law. It's not going to stop or, or, or destroy the ability of local or statewide law enforcement to, to, to do the same job. Um, and the idea about this, now this one is, we all know that convicted felons are not allowed to own firearms. I don't know if every domestic violence incident or crime can be considered a felony. 
If it is a felony, then all bets are off. You can't have a gun. If you are convicted of a violent felony, including domestic violence or any other type of violence, if that precludes you from having a gun, that's a, that's a bed you made. That's your problem. If, however, the incidents are indeed um, reduced down to misdemeanors, it's a different story. And I don't know that the individual who was convicted of a misdemeanor should have their Second Amendment rights taken away from them forever. If it is decided in the state of Ohio that then that's, that's what it should be, uh, and, and it passes the House, it passes the Senate, it's signed by the governor, then that's exactly what it should be like. The federal government, there's a reason why we are 50 United States. Our states have rights. State rights matter. The overarching giant big brother government that is uh, operating in Washington, D.C., the Richmond, North of Richmond, if you will, should not be able to tell the states what they can and can't do when it comes to um, our constitutional rights. Every American citizen has constitutional rights under the Constitution, well, obviously under the Constitution. Those should not be restricted by a giant overarching <clears throat> federal bureaucracy that strips, uh, seeks to strip the states uh, of their own rights to regulate their own, their own uh, citizenry. So if you've got thoughts on that, 216-901-0945, I would love to hear from you if you want to talk about the uh, issues involving uh, race that we discussed in the schools, in the corporate in corporate America, and in digital America, and whether or not AI being programmed the way they are is going to lead to, again, uh, this, uh, or not, not lead to, but add on to this notion that the solution to all of the problems in America is the decentering of whiteness. If you want to get in on those, we'll take those two. 216 but we got more coming up on Always Right Radio. So before I get into my next important discussion, which is going back into the schools, <clears throat> I don't know if you saw the headline or not, but um, goodbye letter grades. A growing number of schools are dumping the old system and it's paying off. Paying off, of course, means that uh, they are actually uh, being allowed to pass kids who cannot get good grades um, by saying, well, the grades are a little bit... Um, you know, they're subjective, and, and it shouldn't be about how many right answers they can give. It's about how much progress that the teacher thinks they've made. It's, it's, it's a load of K-E-R-R-A-P-P crap is what it is. It's a way for failing schools to cover and hide their failure. It's a way for failing students to be promoted anyway so that they don't have to continually see the state report cards, F-F-F-F-F, uh, for their ridiculously overpaid teachers unions and so forth. Before I get into that story which I think will come after the bottom of the hour. I'm going to ask this question. Seth, did you watch the Ohio State game on Saturday? I did. Did you enjoy it? I did not. Did you call for Ryan Day to be fired? Well, I saw your post, and I will respectfully disagree with you. I did, yes. You do. You think he should be fired? I do, yes. Did you call, call for Kyle McCord to be bounced as the starting quarterback? Well, I mean, he needs some time to to get better. I mean, he's a first-time starter, so I agree that he has some a little little green, if you will. Yeah, yeah. I bring this up, and and I'm glad you are reasonable in some of the things you are saying right now, because I want to uh, I want to I want to make a couple of points here that are important. I I watched that game, and then I watched Facebook, and I am so sick and tired of watching 
and listening to all of these coaches sitting with their fat beer guts hanging on down over their belt buckles on their freaking Barco loungers with their cans of Bud Light screaming at the TV about how much more they know than Ryan freaking Day. I am sick and tired of watching all of these derelicts who couldn't throw a pass 10 yards if they had to accurately telling us how bad Kyle McCord is and how they could and, and how much better he should be. I want, I think Ohio State fans are are just flat out spoiled little brats that if you can't have a CJ or I mean a, 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 a Stroud, uh, why am I flicking on his initials? C.J. Stroud, C.J. Right? Stroud, yes. I don't know why I wanted to say C.M., like C.M. Punk or something. <laughs> you can't have a first-team All-American like C.J. Stroud, and you can't play in the national championship game every year, and so therefore everything has to be torn to hell. I called Kyle McCord a 21-year-old kid, and somebody responded to me, should a 21-year-old be considered a kid when our government will happily train, arm, and send him into combat with someone you know, who's three years their junior, you know, at 18? And my answer is, this is not being compared to a soldier. This is in football parlance. Yes, he's a kid. He's a first-year starter, 21 years old. And I'm gonna, I want to read what I wrote to somebody else about this. I am talking about the a-hole armchair quarterbacks who have probably have never thrown a pass in their lives, never run a 40-yard dash with a stopwatch on them, and never hit anything harder than their head hits their bed pillow. Dragging a 21-year-old kid through the mud as if he's some grown 30-year-old professional making tens of millions of dollars and thus opening himself up to scrutiny of fans. Making all that money to entertain all of these beer-bellied failures who wish they had one one millionth of the talent and the competitiveness that that kid has. These people need to get a freaking life of their own and leave a kid alone. Because you know what? None of these fat, you know what's screaming with their face paint on, feel any worse about that loss to Michigan than Kyle McCord does. Because he put his whole heart and soul into that game. He prepped for it all season long. What did these people prep for? What did they do? Ordered their pizza? Bought their beer? That's, that's your prep. He put his whole heart and soul into it and came up short. And these quarter wits need to stop acting like the sun isn't coming up the next day or their favorite bet's gonna, pet is going to get hit by a bus because some 21-year-old kid didn't make all the right decisions, as they definitely would have made if they were in the same situations, and made all of the right throws to their satisfaction in the, in the Ohio State-Michigan game. Most of them probably couldn't even hit the toilet from three feet away without splashing the seat. But they're going to lecture this kid about how to play the quarterback position and how to make throws with somebody right in your face and all the other things. I'm watching people lose their minds and some, some of, their, some of their, their, their emotional sanity over the outcome of a football game in which a 21-year-old kid, first-year starter, trying to make his way isn't as good as C.J. Stroud yet. Maybe he will be. I don't know. But they're freaking out over this like, 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 like they could have done it better. I am so glad that my years and years as a sports talk show host are over. Because, and then there's the Ryan Day part. Seth wants him fired. Kyle McCord 
made two laser throws on that last drive with a chance to come down and win with a minute left. Beautiful throw to Harrison, got him out of bounds, stopped the clock. Beautiful throw down the middle of the field to Fleming. He fumbled it, recovered by a bouquet, still in good position, about 30 yards away from, from ending the game with a game-winning touchdown pass. If he throws one more throw just right and it's a touchdown, Ryan Day keeps his job and everybody's happy. If that throw gets intercepted, Ryan Day should be fired. Can I explain why, though? How the hell does that make any sense whatsoever to anybody with a functioning cerebral cortex? One one more throw wins the game, and everybody is dancing on high street. One throw loses the game, and it's, that coach isn't any good. He must be fired. He would have been good had the throw been, been in the end zone, but because it got picked, the coach is no good now, and he's got to be fired. Seth, you can't make sense of that. I, I, the only reason I'm going to try to make sense, I know we have to go, I'll make it short. Um, the guy is 56-7 and seven in his career at Ohio State. Ryan That's pretty Day, good. Which is pretty darn good. Yeah. However, three of those losses to Michigan and then other losses are in big games, whether it's national championship games or in bowl games against teams like Alabama or Clemson or whoever, that if you are going to be the coach of Ohio State, you've got to win those big games. Do you know what You can coach, hire an average coach to beat the Big Ten. Do you know, do you know what coach has the highest winning percentage against, uh, talking about active coaches, the highest winning percentage against ranked teams, top 25 teams. Do you know who that coach is? I don't. It's Ryan Day. Look. He has a better record against top 25 teams than any other coach in America. It's 70, like 74.5% of the, the games he plays against top 25 teams, he wins. Top five. Nick Saban is around 71%. What about top five teams? What, what about top five teams? What you need a you need a national championship every single freaking season, or else you want to fire the coach? No, I, I think you people are nuts. You need to be in position when you're Ohio State. You, you need to be in position. You people are nuts. You people are nuts. Ohio State fans need a reality check. Ohio State fans, we are all Ohio State fans, but you better have some semblance of reality. You want a 21-year-old kid run out of Columbus because he didn't make the throw that you felt he should have made? You want a coach fired because he didn't come up with a game plan that you definitely think could, could have been done better? And, and, and again, he's winning 71.5%. He's winning 95% of his games overall. He's winning 71.5% of his games or 74.5% or whatever it is against top 25 teams better than any other coach in America. But we should get rid of him because he didn't win the right game at the right time in, in order to give us our national championship dream. I, it just sanity escapes. Sanity escapes the mind of a rabid football fan. And I just, and you know what it is, too? Being the father of a college football player, too, I can tell you this. If I was Mr. McCord and I was reading this stuff, I, I would go nuclear. How the freaking hell dare you say these things about my son who's out there playing his A off all for the glory of your, your, your scarlet and gray face paint? Are, are you kidding me? And now you're going to rip him and tell him he's no damn good and that Kyle McCord's got to go? Are you? Do you have any idea what work that kid has put into it to become a five-star quarterback prospect, to be, to be given the opportunity that he has, to, uh, and then the prep that he puts into it, the throws that he makes? You know, that's expected. You better do that. You're the Ohio State quarterback. But the throw that he misses, it's like, get that bum out of Columbus. Y'all need a grip. I'm sorry I went past the news, but. I've been sitting on that since Saturday evening. I was as ticked as anybody else, but I bring a little bit of common sense and reality to the equation that apparently a whole lot of people, including everybody who got online and decided that Kyle McCord was, was garbage and that Ryan Day should be fired. I just think you people need, to, need, need, need a real serious reality check. We'll be back. 
Mixing masses and stoking the fire of the American dream. Always Right Radio with Bob France on The Answer. Uh, Seth, you're making new fans, I hear, huh? Yeah, apparently I am. Yes. Yes, I'm, <laughs> a gentleman wants to take my job because I'm an idiot. You should be fired because you disagreed with me. I, I should be fired. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's that's the type of insanity I'm talking about. I want to, you know. By the way, the 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 education story I was talking about. Obviously, we're going to save till tomorrow because I can't do this now. Um, my uh, my friend Dan from uh, CFFS texted me and said, "Did Ryan Day miss that kick against Georgia last year?" Great point. Great point. Ryan Day can't win the big games against the big team. Well, he's in a position to kick a game winner if the if the 21 or 22 year old kid makes the field goal, Ryan Day's a good coach. If he doesn't make the field goal, Ryan Day should be fired because Ryan Day clearly is the the, the deciding factor there. Think about how stupid that is. If if this kid throws a touchdown pass, Ryan Day does his job wonderfully. Give him an extension. If he misses the throw, Ryan Day should be fired. It's just, you know... I, I've been I've been doing sports my whole life, almost like kind of up until around now, and I think I can thank wokeness for for breaking me of a lot of it. But from the time I was five, I played sports. Uh, I played them in in grade school. I played them in high school. I played them in college. When I got out of college, I coached them when I was teaching. And when I got done coaching them, I talked about them in sports talk radio for years and years and years and years. And I was as passionate as the next person. But I got to tell you, man, you know, my my world didn't change last week when the Browns beat the Steelers or the week before when they beat the Ravens. My life didn't get better. And my life isn't any worse this morning because the Browns lost to the Broncos yesterday. And, and and nobody who was rooting so passionately for the Buckeyes on Saturday, none, nothing, nothing in your life changed when Michigan won. Didn't change a damn thing. So to be online and 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 and, and unfriending people and screaming about a twenty-one-year-old kid who doesn't deserve to be the Ohio State quarterback and a coach who ought to be fired because the coach, the quarterback didn't make the right throw on this move or that this play. It's it, it's it's beyond all reason and com and and comprehension and and, and and sensibility. I know that fan is short for fanatic, and I guess maybe I'm just done being a fanatic. Because and like I said, wokeness helped a lot, Seth. I don't know about you, but when MLB went woke and put BLM on the uh, on the mound. And when they took the, the, the all-star game away from Atlanta, and I was done. And when the Indians were to had their name taken away, I'm, I was done. When the NBA did their bull crap, uh, I can't breathe stuff and their social justice that done. And when the NFL uh, normalized playing a, a, a different national anthem for a different race, and when they embraced the kneeling thing on the sidelines, uh, done. I don't miss it one bit. I stopped watching it. I stopped caring about it. And even at the college level, it shouldn't define your life. And it shouldn't rob you of all of your sense and reason because your team lost a game that you wanted them to win and to think that that coach is no longer here. Do you think anybody in Ohio prepared to beat Michigan harder than Ryan Day did this last 364 days before that game, uh, Seth? 
No, no, no absolutely one. not. No one, no one worked harder. No one tried harder. No one, no one devised more plans and 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 put players in positions to win. Nobody bled it, lived it, breathed it, and bled it more than Ryan Day did. With the possible exception, maybe, of the quarterback that he assigned to go and do the job, who's the most important player on the field at all times, even if Marvin Harrison is the best player on the field, the quarterback is the most important one. Think anybody tried harder, worked harder, prepped harder, made extra throws, put in more time in the weight room, all in an attempt to beat Michigan than Cal McCord did? I don't think anybody in Ohio did. At the same time, Bob. I prepare for the show, do the best job that I can. I live, I breathe it. But if you're not happy with it and the results aren't there for you, I'm still fired at the end of the day. Um, possibly. Because we are talking about being in a for-profit business where what we do impacts bottom lines and so forth. And if I don't do my job to the best of my ability or to the satisfactory level of listeners and so on and so forth, I could be fired. It's happened. Happens a lot in our business, as you know. Yep. But we're talking about college football, and we're talking about 21-year-old kids, and we're talking about you know coaches who do all of these things, and like I said, and do them extraordinarily well. But this particular kick is missed on this game. This pick is thrown in that game. This missed tackle allows the game-winning uh, run to be made in this game, and suddenly the coach isn't any good anymore. Let's 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 reacquire our our sense our senses our common sense, because I think they've left far too many people. Thanks to Jim Jordan. Thanks to Larry Levine. Thanks to you, Seth. You're not fired. Thank you to Marianne. Thank you to Marcy. And thanks to you for listening. Be well, be safe, stay free. See you tomorrow. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.